Welcome to Collaboration RA. This podcast is dedicated to our profession, allowing us to share who we are, what we bring to the field of radiology, and how we care for the patients we serve. We look forward to hearing from you. Find us on our website at www.collaborationra.com. We appreciate you listening, and we're glad you're here. Now let's collaborate. Welcome to this episode of Collaboration RA. I'm host Marceline Forbus, and I got Reese Burgoon. Hello. So we also have with us another RA roundtable where we have a couple of guests that are also joining us. So we're just going to jump right in, introduce them, and then we'll get started with our series for today. I'm going to start with Dave Hardwick. Dave Hardwick is the current president of the Society of Radiology Physician Extenders, better known as the SRPE. He served on the board in various capacities throughout his career as an RA. Dave is very passionate about our profession. He started the RA program at Weber State University, and he's been practicing or certified as an RA for the past 15 years and is currently practicing out of Georgia. Dave, thanks for coming back on with us again. Oh, thanks. It's a pleasure. Uh, thanks for getting us all together. Good to see everybody. I know our listeners might be hearing some familiar voices. A lot of these individuals have been on previous episodes. So if this is sounding familiar to you, don't worry. Uh, it's probably because you've heard it previously. Our next guest with us is Elizabeth Eslich. She's back with us again. What number is this, Eliz? Uh, number three. Yeah, she's been on a number of episodes with us. Just a quick little reminder, she serves as a delegate for the ASRT's RA chapter, as well as serving with Rad Aid, and has been a certified RA for 15 years. She's currently living and practicing in the state of Pennsylvania. Liz, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. Next, we got Derek Medeiros. Derek is also taking care of a new little baby, so we're very excited that he could take away some time to come on and visit with us again. For those of y'all that don't know, Derek has recently been supporting our job avenue, unbeknownst to him. <laughs> so he's been following all of the job opportunities and kind of tracking the market. He's been really good about posting on social media, letting us know what opportunities are available for those that us are maybe seeking something new or just ready to get out there and start our career as an RA. Derek has also been certified as an RA for the past eight years and currently practices out of the state of Massachusetts. Derek, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. All right. So our next guest with us for this roundtable is Wesley Shea. He's been a certified RA for how many years, Wesley? How many years has it been? Uh, I lose track. I think it's about 12 now. 12 years. Getting up there. You're catching up to Liz. So now Wesley uh, is currently yeah. living and practicing in the state of New York. Wesley, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. We also have with us Joseph Ferreri. Joe has been a certified RA for nine years and currently practices and lives in New York. Joe, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks for having me, guys. And we also have with us Heather Berg. Heather has been a certified RA for about three years and is currently practicing out of Iowa. I know whenever we put this together, Heather was kind of concerned because she is fairly new to the industry. One thing that I want to tell people is never underestimate what you may or may not know and what you can learn in this. No matter how long you've been an RA, your voice is extremely important. And sometimes we forget that the more we get out there and the more that we network and the more that we talk about it, the more receptive people are going to be. So thank you so much for coming on with us, Heather. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. 
we're going to kind of dive into things. The reason Reese and I wanted to put this together was that we've recently had an uprising. As a matter of fact, we just did a recording with a mammographer who mentioned that she kind of thought that the RA wasn't a thing anymore and that it had been phased out. And you're kind of hearing that on several other states. So it's not just Texas that you're hearing it and it's been a couple of them. So we all wanted to come on and just kind of clear the air and let individuals know that, yes, we are here, that, yes, those are strictly rumors, and we just want to put some facts out there about us. So we're going to dive right in, guys. So here we go. The statistics show that there's 615 RAs that are currently practicing or that are licensed. What's important about that is understanding that 33 states were recognized in. And then there's two states that we are recognized in, but it's through definition only, which is Georgia and Pennsylvania. I know that I've mentioned Georgia. Dave, can you kind of elaborate on the difference between state licensure recognition versus defined wise who the RAs are? Why does that make a difference and why should we be advocating for it? You know, Georgia for many years has had a definition of what the RA does in Georgia, but we really haven't had any type of practice parameters around that. When we started talking, God, it's probably been two years ago, we started talking about, you know, working with the Georgia Composite Medical Board because that's kind of where everything starts and ends in the state of Georgia. We started talking about scopes of practice and how were we going to license RAs in Georgia and what we kind of came up with, and it was great that the Composite Medical Board kind of took the lead on this, is we were going to be, you know, licensed like PAs and MPs in Georgia. I really feel that first of the year, that's actually going to come to fruition. So basically what's going to happen is it's kind of like a credentialing thing. They're going to apply for the ability to do these things within the group. And then if they have to add anything on, they'll have to apply again. But that's going to be handled at the group. And people get scared, you know, about lists and stuff, because we've always kind of strayed away from making lists of procedures that we do. And that's kind of what we're doing. We have to have the procedures that the groups are going to have the RAs do. But we want to stray away from actually putting lists in our licensure bills. So I think it's going to be a good thing. The lobbyists that we work with is very passionate about it. And the legislators in the certain districts are very passionate about that this needs to happen. And I'm confident that it's going to happen in the first of 2024 or so, which is interesting because there's no x-ray licensure in Georgia. So we were kind of fighting that too. So, But uh, I'm really glad that you bring that part up. A lot of what's been said is that you can't practice as an RA if you're not licensed by the state. And so that's completely incorrect because if you think about it as an x-ray tech, if you're not licensed in that state, you can still practice. As a matter of fact, there's no parameters on how you practice. That's why state right. law is so important. It puts those checks and balances there. So right. what people have to understand is that just because the state doesn't license you, it does not mean you can't work. There's no defined way in which you work. Correct. So I think yep. that people have to understand that. You know, we function off of our license. You have your physician right to delegate act. It may be different in every state, but that's what I think people have to understand. Well, and then you also have to look at whatever you credential at the facilities that you're working at, too. I mean, it's crazy, right? You can do certain procedures at certain hospitals, but if you're not credentialed in a different hospital to do certain things, you can't do it unless you go through the whole credentialing process to do those procedures. So it's an interesting business once you actually, you know, get into it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a misconception. I think that there's a lot of people who really aren't aware of that. 
you know, being that you have an x-ray license, just because the state doesn't, I guess, uh, would you say honor that license, you can still practice? That's what Dave and I were talking about, is if the state doesn't recognize you as an x-ray tech, that doesn't mean you can't perform x-rays in that state, does it? Of course not. Right. There's no checks and balances for the state to know who's practicing at what level. Gotcha. That's the importance of state licensure. It's not saying you can't do it if the state doesn't recognize you, but the state is now able to follow and make sure that you're doing what you should be doing. Wesley, yeah. going ahead. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say is some people interpret not having recognition, meaning you can't do it. But just because you don't have licensing doesn't mean that you can't do it. Because I know in Connecticut, years ago, there was no licensing. So people are like, oh, you can't work in Connecticut. And no, you can. It doesn't say you cannot. And I think that's where the, the terms nationally used. Luckily, in the state of New York, they fixed that and specifically made us our own license, which helps. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think for some people that are not educated as, as well as we are about our own profession, they see that the lack of licensure, a uh, strict line that says you cannot do that, which is incorrect. But it's funny, they don't do the same thing for x-ray. So where is the difference between us and them? Go on ahead, Elizabeth. Pennsylvania is like Georgia. We have no state licensure for RAs or RTs, but we have this letter from the Department of Health that says we can practice as the hospital credentials us, which is kind of like Georgia. But I wanted to add, I was recently at a pretty big meeting and some rad tech educators shared at the meeting that they encouraged their students not to become RAs because you can't practice because the RAs aren't licensed which is not true. So after the meeting, I had met up with them and talked to them and I put them in contact with the right people to let them know how RAs are practicing. But it's just an example of this misconception. It exists throughout a lot of states and it's just misinformation that gets out there or lack of understanding. And so that's what we wanted to do. It's not to tell anyone that they're wrong. It's that they're unaware. And so just kind of bringing awareness to the ways in which we do practice and getting those state licensures is important because that is what keeps those checks and balances there. So as we go through and we introduce the state licensure, I know that I've also mentioned having the support of our affiliates, our state affiliates is really important. I also encourage RAs in states, whether they have licensure or not, to really get involved in your state boards, be active with them engage with them. I know not everybody has time to sit on these boards, but making sure that you are active with them so that they know who you are, who the RAs are, and how they practice. Open that line of communication. So that's advice that I have. I also wanted to go over one of the things that I think was really good for us in terms of this year, and Dave Hardwick, I'll let you kind of elaborate a little bit more, but on the practice standards compared to 2018 into 2023, I went over it and looked at it, and it's pretty phenomenal, just the change that we have seen over the course of a couple of years. So I guess we'll kind of dive into that for just a minute. So Dave, quick question I have for you. In 2018, it says valid 274. In 2023, it says 100. Is that how many people responded? Yeah, we had a bad response. I, I, you know, and I don't know what it was. We actually extended a little bit to include some folks that had reached out. And I don't know, really know how to combat that. I mean, there were some states that had no response. Georgia had one response. That's what we have to get to. We have to get to where people want to respond to these surveys and want to speak out on this stuff because it's important. You know, it's hard to do. I mean, people don't want to do it for some reason. I don't know why. 
I can't put my finger on it. I will say that between 2018 to 2023, there was a 24.96% increase in the average salary in comparison, which is amazing. The hard part about it is in 2018, you had 274 respondents. And in 2023, you only had 100. So imagine if some of those that did not respond have higher salaries were actually being placed at the lower bracket. And individuals who are going out and seeking employment, they're going to use this as leverage to show this is what the RAs are making. And the lack of response actually doesn't do any of us working in the industry any favors because the reality is we could be at a higher bracket and unfortunately it doesn't reflect that. Yeah, because I really thought that with reimbursement and stuff that we would see different results. It was a smaller subset and the salaries were higher. So, and I'm thinking the same thing. And then I'm also thinking, you know, between 2018 and 2023, we may have people that have either moved out of doing the RA thing, because we see it all the time. People go to industry or people go to traveling. You know, one of the things we run into now salary-wise is people are traveling as IR techs and making more money than they were as an RA. I mean, even travel MR techs and stuff like that. So I'm a little concerned that our um, response rate was not as good as I thought it was going to be. And I would agree with you. I mean, Texas, if we use the statistics, Texas has 54 and only nine responded. Texas is a pretty big state and we get paid pretty good here in Texas based off of the 2023 salary survey. Just for those that are curious, the median salary is approximately one hundred and thirty two thousand. You know, that's a really good median salary, especially for the jobs that we're going out and we're doing. We do a lot. We do a ton for our departments. So I'm pretty sure those figures could be up there a little bit more. So and that's what I want to see. I yeah. want to see us achieve that. Yeah, and I would also say that when you join societies and you join organizations, make sure your contact information is up to date. Stuff bounces back all the time. It's tough to search and, and reach out to these folks if you have no contact information. And I think we had some of that happen too. And in 2018, the salary was 106. And in 2023, it was 132. So you're seeing not only the job market open up, and Derek, do you know how many job openings are current for the RA across the U.S.? Um, I have to look at it again. I know at, at one point there was like 25, unfortunately, like turned over to PA jobs because there weren't enough people applying, which is unfortunate, but I've definitely seen a bunch of those. So when I go to ARP, I might put like a little burp together to post out if they're okay with it about open jobs probably around 15, 16 that are probably open. But, you know, there was a few that were kind of turned over because there weren't any applicants applying, unfortunately. I was just going to say Sue had to change theirs to a PA because nobody was applying. And I think a lot of what you're seeing is individuals who, and we do it where we're at, a lot of the students that we train, we actually hire on. We put the time and investment into them. And so they stay on with us. They're not actively looking for jobs. I think you get a lot of that. And then also, there's not a lot of us. We're very loyal to where we stay. We tend to stay where we're at. So there's not a lot of movement within us. We like where we are and we enjoy the people that we're working with. And so you don't have that high turnover rate, if you will, when it comes to RAs. So it is probably hard to find somebody. Um, and the reality is there's not a whole lot of us out there. And most of us have jobs once we complete the program. We stay with the individuals who trained us. So I think you're battling a couple of different things. But I will say the programs are up. So that's always good news, too. Is there any numbers as to like 
What's the total number of students right now at this time in the programs that are up and running? I think Wes will have information about the schools. From what I can gather, there's probably less than 20 students. I know that UNC was about six that graduated Quinnipiac in the past May and the year before, there's only four that graduated. Weber State, I don't know if since they reopened if they've graduated their class yet. I don't know if Dave knows that or not. Yeah, they have. It's funny, I actually uh, am hiring two of them. So I hired one of them, I hire another one, I think. He starts January 1st, so. And Midwestern only graduated six, I believe. And uh, Rutgers is now closed. So there are more jobs than there are graduates, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's scary, right? Because there's so many openings that, you know, we have a lack of RAs. The only excess we have are PAs and nurse practitioners. We've seen a couple of them in the last couple months be turned into PA positions, you know, and I've had a lot of sleepless nights over thinking about all of this. So especially when you hear the other shooter drop when Sue posted that they had changed her position to a PA and I'm like, oh my God, man. you know, and I say from day one, we're brand specific. We're the ones you guys need to be hiring and, you know, and I've beat it into my radiologists. I had to remind them that, you know, I've been doing this a long time. You're going to teach this PA how to do an ultrasound MSK procedure, and they're going to go to the orthopedic office and they're going to take that business from you. Oh, no, no, no. We know this person. We know this person. So what's that PA doing today? That PA today is doing MSK ultrasound procedures for the orthopedic office in the town that we're at. Well, and I don't think it's a thing against PA versus RA versus NP. I think a lot of it comes down to what does your practice need? The advantage to the RA is that the RA is, like you said, brand specific, meaning we've been trained as a technologist. We started as a technologist. Those radiologists have worked with us. They've trained us and they've brought us up to speed, right? And things that we already knew, we just needed to know this advanced skill set part. It's just looking at how we're different and what is it that your practice needs. The other thing that makes it unique is, like you were saying, Dave, is that we can't just go out and find another opportunity for any physician. We are specific to only radiology and only radiologists. I think what makes right. it hard is that we don't have that support in general from the radiologist profession, if you will. You know, and so that makes it hard, too, because there's so many misconceptions on the x-ray tech side of things all the way to the radiologist side of things. And so it's just finding that common ground, opening that conversation and saying that this is who we are. Well, the other thing is, you know, the PA, when compared to the RA, the RA is a plug and play. You can put the RA in a position and they're maybe a week, maybe two to get their feet under and figure out the new process on different institutions. And they're good to go in most cases. The PA with no experience, you're going to spend 10 to 12 months training them on the ins and outs of the imaging department. And to add to that race, then they're quitting. Yeah. These PAs don't know what they're getting into. They come in, you spend 10 months training them. If they don't quit before that, a lot of times they leave even after they're trained to go to another specialty. And then you start all over again. Like what you said, Marceline, there's a lot of loyalty from the RA to the radiologist, to the imaging department that speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will say that in the last couple months, I've had the opportunity to work with some PAs on a national level with some stuff that we're doing through SIR. And it's interesting, the, the SIR folks that are on the mid-level council are PAs that worked at x-ray techs before. 
So they get it. They understand what we can do and what we can't do. It's a different conversation with those folks than PAs that didn't have that background going into it. And the conversations we have are there's so many patients to go around and there's so many openings out there. We can work together in harmony and everybody has their thing. PAs and NMPs are great at certain things and RAs are great at certain things. And together they can work well for a radiology group if they all want to work well as a team. And that's what it comes down to. It's being open to the concept. The RAs are open to the concept. The PAs are open to the concept. And what makes it hard is you have radiologists who are closed off to both concepts. You have radiologists who are open to only one concept, you know, and that's where you start getting these difficulties and everybody having all these different conversations. The reality is if you know how a practice works and you know the differences between how the two operate, and you know the patient population you're taking care of, you can be extremely successful with it and still follow all the parameters that the radiologists are safeguarding. It's putting those boundaries in place, but it's understanding everybody's roles. But it's being open, it's listening, it's having conversation, and it's moving forward. That's the key. I've seen how it works, and it works good, just like what Dave was saying. And there's a good amount of mutual respect. And learning from each other is huge. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, working at the other job that I was at, we had a PA, we had an NP, myself, and we were efficient. We worked very well together. And I always say that, you know, I would tell my PA, you know, you've taught me things that the docs didn't teach me. We worked really well together. One of the things that I think that we have kind of talked about are some of the misconceptions that do go around. And one of them I know I brought up was Texas. And I'll bring that up as an example again, because this is where I live. This is a state that I'm passionate in, and this is a state that I've been very involved with. When I started practicing, I started my education, what, Dave, we started in 2006. Yeah. And by 2009, I was working on state legislation. I'm not going to get too far into it, but there were several instances that I went up in front of legislators. We did not have licensing at the time, and everybody knew that we were practicing within the state. There were several of us actually practicing within the state of Texas, and I would say that the numbers are very different. At the time, there was 70 of us. I'm pretty sure we're still at that number. Whenever we went through and we were fighting that legislation and we went until 2019 getting recognized, What's really important to understand there is the state knew we were working. The other thing that we're hearing is they said in Texas, there's nobody working. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I know a lot of the RAs that work here in Texas. And so you're hearing that actually across other states. I think, one, it's because we haven't been having open conversation, which we never had a platform to have open conversation, and we do now. So I think you're hearing those rumors rise again because people are talking about the RA again. And so I just wanted to get some of y'all's thought processes on that and how we combat that and some important things that our imaging community can know about it so that we can get the right information out. I could start. Derek, going ahead. I think it's just having conversations like this. Somebody said something about something on our Facebook group that there was a couple of different RT student groups that were talking misnomers about the RA in general and actually asked to join. And I joined and I just threw it out there that I'm practicing RA. And if anybody has any questions about it, and a few people, I think it was like 30 or 40 that reached out and asked a few questions. And one of them specifically said, aren't they phasing out that role? And I answered pretty much everybody's questions. There was a bunch of people 
that had different questions on there about the role and what job opportunities look like and, and things like that. But again, one, like one of the first ones was literally stating that aren't they phasing this rollout? You know, there's not many RAs out anymore and this role is being completely obliterated. So I kind of answered those questions for anyone and then made sure that if anyone else had questions or were interested in the actual role itself to please reach out to me so I could answer them for them and kind of get those answers straightened or those misnomers straightened out before it, you know, goes any further. And that's good advice, getting our educational institutions to raise awareness, like what Elizabeth was saying earlier, that they kind of discourage students from going into it just from lack of understanding how they practice, which is understandable. If you don't know how something works, why would you advocate for it? But maybe instead of doing it that way, say, how about we bring somebody in who works as one? Maybe they can shed light on the situation and better answer your questions. I like that. 100% agree with you, Derek, on that one. Wesley, going ahead. What we've all sort of seen and said is that the misinformation is killing us. I'm talking to a student this morning and yesterday. She wants to go to school, but she was told that her site won't support her because they're afraid the RA will replace the radiologist, which I don't know how many times we have to beat that over their head that we cannot replace them. We need to work with them and under their supervision. And I think that's one misnomer that is out there that is killing us. Joe and I have talked about discussion with getting more information to the education institutions is it starts at the technologists. And if they aren't supporting us either, then we have neither side supporting. And so if we can get the educational institutions to talk about the RA, I mean, there's how many registered technologists and they all went through education. And if there's only four schools that have RA, the technologist education needs to do a better job of explaining who we are correctly and not saying that we're a dead family. We've grown. We are growing, the jobs are growing, and, and the numbers are there to show that, and, and stats don't lie. And I think that the information out there needs to be corralled and corrected, starting with the technologist and ending with the radiologist. I agree with you. And that goes back to your foundation, right? Your foundation as an RT is what you develop in your educational institution, understanding the RA role model and promoting it or speaking about it. It's not even about promoting it. It's about educating that this is a way that their students can grow and develop too. And what that's going to do is that's going to put out a group of technologists who, one, look to advancing their education, whether it be management, they're investing in themselves. These educators are teaching them all the different avenues that they should be able to go. And the RA should definitely be included in that. At a salary of 132000 it should definitely be included in a way to advance your career. Then it needs to trickle into the departments. As they graduate, the departments are aware that these individuals, they are out there. They can work. This is how they work. It's under the supervision of a radiologist. At that point, then the radiologists become more aware. These are how these individuals work. Once we can get those state laws to pass, that's what safeguards our radiologists. Like Dave Hardwick said, here is your answer. So when you're looking at support from both sides, it needs to be educating that this is a future that technologists can go. And this is a future that radiologists can safely use that is legislated in that state as they design. So Marceline, to add to that, the ASR team has delegates meeting in June. They have a big student leadership development program. And a lot of students were there and actually came up to me at the RA chapter meeting and said, we don't even know what the RA is. We don't know what the RA does. So this needs to be organic. So when these students apply for these RT programs, they need to know their options. So they need to know that 
if you want to go into CT, you can do that. If you want to go into MR, you can do that. This is your pathway to start, but we need to be in that discussion. And one of the things that I've done locally here, the RT programs is the RT students rotate with us, just like they rotate with CT and all this other stuff. They rotate with the RAs. We want them to know that's an option. That's an option in the progression of their career. And I think it's been followed very well. We seem to be the most popular rotation, but that needs to start organically in those RT programs. You know, when you're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to start, I mean, you need to know that there is this RA model. That's what frustrates me is we've been around for so long and we still have people that have no idea what we are. I mean, it's frustrating. I mean, I've been in X-ray since 92. It's just frustrating, I guess. And when you look at those programs, you look at the salary survey that just came out. Why as a program would you not promote one of the highest paying fields within radiology? I mean, if you look at CAT scan, MRI, you have the potential to make more money, but there's more overtime base salary. Without looking at all of it, I would say ours is probably the highest from an x-ray tech to a CT to MR and RA. But you have to remember our degree is also higher. So they can easily go into MRI without having the advanced degree. So with coming with the advanced degree, even though it may not be for everybody, you also get the advanced salary, if that makes sense. So it's working towards a goal. It's working towards what is it that you want to do? Where are you happy? That's going to be number one. RA may not make you happy, and that's okay. You don't have to go with it. But I think supporting it as an avenue, because the more that you have salary raises in a profession, and we are considered part of that RT profession, the higher those salaries are and taking those salary surveys are going to elevate the entire profession, whether you want to be an RA or not, supporting the advancement. Look at the nurses. Everybody compares us to the nurses. How do you think they have elevated to the capacity that they have? They have their voice, they have their unity, and they have their elevations in which they practice. Radiology is already currently set up the same way. What it's lacking is unity and support. You have unity there, but not at the level that we as the third largest medical profession should be tooting our own horns to. Yeah, and the one thing I've said from the beginning to Marcelina Group is we do have hundreds of thousands of RTs. That's Mm -hmm. a big community. And we need to have those folks be behind the whole profession. Our RAs, we're RTs, you know, we're all family. Going ahead, Heather. I was basically going to echo on what you had said, Marceline. When we're all RTs and one of us goes into becoming an RA, the rest of us can watch somebody else elevate their profession and go, oh my gosh, I want to work hard too. Whether I want to be an RA or not, there's still a pathway for advancement. That doesn't mean I have to stop working with patients and sit behind a desk. At my facility, I'm currently the only RA there. When I started almost three years ago, nobody knew what an RA was. What are you? Who are you? And now I have the x-ray certs rotating through and some of them are excited. Heather, how do I do this? How do I get to do your job? What do I have to do? Give me your email so when I'm done and I'm working, I can reach out to you. And I think it's been really cool to watch how that has evolved at my facility. It is, but it takes having one working there for everybody to really understand it. And that includes the radiologist and the technologist. Once they see it working, it all makes sense. But when you don't work with one or you don't have one within a 30-mile radius 
and all you hear is the negativity about it or that surrounds it, it makes it really hard for people to envision what it is. Which brings me back to recent eyes discussion that whenever you're considering the RA route, don't go to other people. Hold off on doing that. Do your own research first. That's where you're going to find the most valid information. And where Reese said, what was it you said, Reese? State your source. Yeah, state your source. Where are you hearing this from? Because a lot of it's hearsay. The content that we put out both on the podcast as well as our website, we try to put out reputable facts. Oh, I research it. So I make sure that everything that we put out is about as valid as it can be and is somewhere where you can find it. And that's why I'm always saying on every episode where we are start throwing out these numbers or something, I was like, hey, we're going to provide a link to where we found this. If there's an interested party, they can go and do their own fact checking. And, you know, I get it. Uh, you know, podcast is not evidence based. We wanted to share what was real. Yeah. Share what's true. Exactly what Elizabeth was saying, where you can look up in the ASRT curriculum and it has the RA in there. If you want to know about the RA, look at the ASRT. Do your research and look at anything that's reputable. And it is in the ART. It's in the educational program list. Reach out to the universities. You can also reach out to any of the educators. They're extremely helpful. You know, I know Vicki Dillard will always help out. I know any of our other educators are always willing to help out and get you the correct information. Also reaching out to other RAs. If they don't know the answer, man, they'll find somebody who does. And then you can start talking to the other people that are in your departments. Kind of work on it from there. Wes, you had something to say? I think going online too can be dangerous mm -hmm. because even in our own close-knit 600 RA society, there are those that push RAs away or RA students that are interested because they say it's a dead-end field. And I think that's hurtful to ourselves. I remember talking to Heather years ago when she first became interested in the RA and I said, take everything at the grain of salt online. And I've done this for a few students that have gone on to become RAs or RA students. Do what you want to do. If you're interested in radiology, RA is a great field. If you're interested in orthopedics or cardiology, PA or NP is a great field. But be wary of those that are talking you out of what you want to do. Be truthful to yourself. And similar to what Dave and Reese were saying, find the facts out. Find what you can and cannot do. Find out for yourself what is valid and what the regulations are. And there's plenty of people that will support you or put you down in whichever aspect you want. So I can play devil's advocate on that one. When I lost my position back in 2010 to a different type of mid-level, I could have easily dissuaded a lot of people from the profession. If any of y'all have ever lost your job, not from lack of knowing what to do or having the skill set, I was excellent at what I did. But whenever it came down to the not understanding of the billing, they felt like that was just easier, more clean cut, right? No gray area. It's hard. It is hard to swallow. And I can see where some people would have that negativity kind of now ingrained in them. Because it hurts. It hurts your ego. It hurts that you put all that education time and effort into it and then to be let go for nothing that you have done, nothing that you have done. It was still important to me to still advocate for the RA. One, because I still had a colleague who I'd trained and who was still in that position that I wanted to make sure they're successful. And two, the profession deserves to be successful. Yes, I may not be in that capacity. But I wanted one day to still have that avenue open to me 
So I did still advocate for it. I did still stand up for it. And I did still support it when legislation went through. And when 2019 happened, that was amazing. I was so happy to see that for the profession. And then I ended up back in it. You know, so it came back full circle for me. And the more successful everybody else is, the more successful I become. When 2019 happened, we were able to maintain success because we had been advocating for it for so long. Imagine if all of us would have just taken a back seat when all of this first started. 2019 would have been harder to happen. And I'm sure Dave can elaborate on that because Dave is on the societies. He knows what it takes at that professional level and to be advocating for it. It is a constant and it's not a one day thing. It is a commitment to stand behind your profession and see it excel. And nobody knows that better than the people that sit on our boards. And having that respect for them and championing them is going to champion us. Yeah, you know, and the amount of phone calls you have with political organizations like CMS and, you know, all these billings folks and stuff. I've learned so much over the many years I've been with the SRPE. You have those days that you just feel like you're just defeated and then something will happen and you're like, okay, so not completely defeated. And a lot of that stems from, you know, 2019 and stems from these continued relationships we have with these legislators, these healthcare liaisons, these folks at CMS, whether it's the um, outpatient people or the inpatient folks. But I think we've done a lot of great work over the last few years and we continue to do work. And that's the collaboration between SRPE, ASRT and ART. It's rewarding. I, I really do think we need to have more RA students. I think we need to have more programs. I don't know what the answer is to bring the programs back or even add programs. The jobs are there. The jobs are going to keep coming. And all these organizations are going to keep working for the RAs because we're passionate about it. But I agree with Wesley. You know, you see this stuff on social media. Social media can be great and social media can be horrible. When you see these seasoned R RPAs and RRAs, get frustrated and share their frustration with these people that are trying to start their careers RAs. But on the other hand, I see kind of where they're at because like Marceline, you know, I was beat down early on in my career where they basically came in on a Monday and said, your salary is now half of what it was a week ago. I mean, some people will just say, okay, I'm going to do something different. And I did that for a minute. I still advocated for RAs, but I did do hospital administration, radiology administration, but then the back of my mind, I always said, man, if I can get back into it, I'm going to get back into it. And that's what I did. But yeah, this is all good stuff. And it's going to take more conversation between all of us professionals, more collaboration with all of us to kind of make all this stuff work. You guys like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, nice little <laughs> plug. You know, we could definitely have a nice little drinking game with the podcast. Every time you say collaboration, take a drink. <laughs> um, <laughs> every time Marceline mispronounces a word. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you mean like Illinois? Illinois? Uh, how do you say it? Illinois. Illinois. Do Take I say Illinois? Illinois? Illinois. I also say Arkansas. Yeah. Oh, well, they should not put the S maybe, in there. Maybe you're the one that's right and we're all wrong. Yeah. Thank you. Be. That's what I'm telling you. Her. Wes, would you like to be the new co-host? Reese is about to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that we have heard from programs that their application to do the program, they're triple of what they normally get. That makes me excited. Yeah, they're going to have to limit their class sizes. They can't obviously take on all that all at once. There are limits. If we could start increasing class sizes or even increasing 
different colleges, universities across the nation that will implement and start up a new program. Derek, what do you have to say about that? Like Dave, you know, said, I mean, we need to find a way to have more programs out there. I know obviously many years ago, how many have closed six or seven? I mean, at least getting theoretically eight open and running would be great because now we could take on all these students. Most programs have a limit of what, five to maybe 10 max students at a time. So, I mean, how, you know, how many students are going to feel like, well, I'm not going to wait four years and start doing something else. Unfortunately, we lose those people. And that's the problem that we keep running into, it seems like. Yeah. But it's still unfortunate that those people who are interested in the program that aren't getting the, the opportunity or spots available to do so. But it, again, it comes down to the RTs. The RTs, this is a pathway for them, right? There's nothing that we, I think, as RAs can technically do for that other than educate the RT community that it's going to take them seeing this as a viable pathway and applying and showing the need that, yes, we want to have these institutions available to us, that, yes, we want to go into this advanced route. Again, it's going to come down to the RTs. There's only so much that we as RAs can do to push us, and we're doing all of it. The one thing we haven't been doing is openly pushing our RT community to support us and to have our state societies support us and to see that. To have the educational institutions that are having these RT students going through their programs to see that and to recognize that this is an avenue for everyone. It's even an avenue for educators should they decide they want to become an RA because I actually have an educator who reached out to me that's going to go through the program in about a year. This is an avenue exclusively to everybody in radiology. You know, so why would you not want to advocate for it? I don't know where the harm is in it. I get a little bit passionate on this topic, you guys. <laughs> Wesley, you were going to say something? I think it also, basically just echoing what you said about the RT. I remember when I first started as an RT, again, we are technologists. I had people that would say, well, why are you getting a bachelor's degree? For me personally, I knew I wanted to do something more. I didn't know what it was when I was 20 years old. I knew that I wanted something more. I think we have to get that avenue out there saying, these technologists that want more, here's your avenue. You know, you don't just have to go to IR or MR or CT or management, and you don't have to leave radiology. And I think it stems from, again, the support within the RT. However many years ago, it was, it was first certificate only, and then associates, and then bachelors. And now the avenue is there. The next step for some people could be the master's degree for the RA. Like we've continually said here is that we have to figure out how to get the RT to talk about it more than anybody else, because we can only do as much as we can do. I mean, Reese, we talk a lot about joining the ARPE and SRPE conferences. If you really want to know about the RA, if you want to know about its sustainability, if you want to know about the educational avenues, if you want to know other RAs and get to know the industry, not only that, you get your CEUs. And these conferences, they can be a little bit more pricey. Yes, you're having to fly out of town. You're having to stay at a hotel. But our societies or the ones that put on these lectures, they really go out of the way to make it worth it. And you get to meet some pretty phenomenal people. And you're definitely going to get your questions answered. You're going to get to meet other people within the industry who are hyped up about it, who are excited to see you excel and who want to help you. And Reese has had phone calls for jobs. We help credential people for places we're not going. That's what it's about. It's about lifting other people up, even when it's not your opportunity. Go on, Dave. Yeah. And one of the things that we're going to do at our 25th anniversary SRP uh, meeting in April, we're still working out the details. We're going to have one night if somebody's hiring 
We're going to have kind of a recruitment thing one of the nights where folks can come talk to people that are looking for RAs. We're going to try to also include more students and more programs in this one. We're not really sure how we're going to do it yet, whether it's going to be some type of student bowl or something like that. So we're hoping to get more students and more RA students out to the SRPE this year. It's going to be a good one. Dave, I had a question for you. So mm -hmm. is there any way to like put out to the radiology programs, to the program directors, if they have a student who is interested in the RA program, maybe doing something where they get a free uh, trip to the seminar? We do work with the ASRT and the ART to reach out to the different programs kind of geographically in that area. All the schools do get an invite. They do get pretty good rate to go. Unfortunately, we're contractually set. We need certain room blocks to keep the contract. If not, we pay pretty stiff penalties for not making the room block. We do try to do that every year. And we appreciate the cooperation from the ART and the ASRT on that. We've had quite a few students the last few years, and these are RT students. Last year, we had 25 RT students. So, deal. Yeah. So, you know, our numbers do stay pretty steady with the RT students. You know, it's kind of that geographically, that area, you know, Nevada, California, they'll drive to our conference. So I don't know, Reese, maybe we can come up with a, a donation thing and see. I know we are currently like in the process of training one RA student and we're have another student joining us next year, 2024. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can always uh, twist their arms to see if that's something they'd be interested in doing is coming to the SRP conference to get a little bit more insight as far as what we've been talking about on this podcast. I know we're running out of time, but one of the things that we're talking about is having some type of um, presentation, you know, have an RA student submit a presentation and then the SRPE board kind of picks a winner and they get to present in front of their peers at our conference. Still kind of playing around with that idea, but, you know, if that person comes and presents, we'll, you know, we'll pay for them to come to the conference and everything we would reimburse for um, speaker. Okay. So... I guess as we go to kind of close things up, I think that we kind of heard some really good ideas. I think that this panel was one just for us to kind of come together and let people understand that, yes, we're a viable entity, that, yes, we are thriving. I think our 2018 to 2023 salary surveys, and I think we hit on the importance of our state societies supporting us and getting involved in our state societies personally as RAs and making sure that those state societies know who we are and that we are advocating. Please advocate for us. And then also any of you that are interested, I would really encourage you. I know that Reese and I have had a couple of discussions with some Texas schools. You know, I know I've visited with a couple of them and just letting them know that the RA is a route for them. I know I went out and spoke at the LSRT, the Louisiana State Society. Only one student raised their hand that knew what the RA was. So I think really getting our educators in these institutions, these RT programs to advocate and educate that, yes, this is an avenue should you decide that you want to go it. Give them all their options and let them decide. And then those that are interested and that do see the value in the RA programs to start advocating for the programs that are there. Start seeing the viability that is there and really kind of lifting the spirits of the profession and kind of seeing it all come together to benefit our entire profession. So I just really want to say thank you to all our guests for coming on with us tonight, helping us do that. Is there anything else that anyone else would like to say before I have Reese close us out? It's all you, my man. Uh, awesome. Well, I just took a little brief moment to check up on the forums 
page on our website at collaborationra.com. And I have seen an uptick in numbers and responses. So that's really great. I'm glad y'all are checking it out. I did want to thank everyone for coming on and visiting with us. I mean, obviously, we talked about it at the beginning of this episode that we really enjoy coming together and collaborating as a group. We enjoy doing this. And a lot of these people are keep coming back and keep coming back for more and more conversations. Obviously, if we weren't having fun doing this, we would have run out of episodes a long time ago. We are a reputable profession. We are thriving and we are growing. I encourage you to continue checking out the the podcast episodes uh, that we already have out. Marceline, I want to thank you for working with me and all these other fun people on this. This is our second roundtable. I'm really excited about this one. So. So I really want to say thank you, Joe. Thank you, Reese. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Wes. Thank you, Derek. And thank you, Heather, for all of y'all taking time away from your families, your loved ones to come on with us tonight and just actually have an open discussion. There really wasn't any forum that we had set in place. So thank you guys so much. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Collaboration RA. Remember to find us on our website at www.collaborationra.com. There you'll find our social media accounts. Give us a like and give us a share. We look forward to your support and thank you for tuning in.